Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. We've been in this series called Uncommon Greatness, and I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the messages, whether it be via podcast or YouTube. When you get on YouTube, make sure that you like. Uh, the, the video because it helps us reach out to more people. But within this series of, of commonly uncommon, the, the big idea is that the world, what they call common, should be uncommon to us. And what is common to us should be uncommon to the world. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, Paul outlines and contrasts these two different ways of living. He has what he calls the works of the flesh, and then he has on this side what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. And basically what he's saying is if you live within a certain pattern, you're going to produce a certain Result. If you follow the pattern of the world, you will produce the works of the flesh. And you can go in Galatians 5 and read all of those things. But he also says if you will walk after the Spirit, if you will follow after the ways of God, then what's going to be produced in you and through you is the fruit of the Spirit. This is so important. Jesus actually says that you can identify a tree by the kind of fruit it grows. He says a good tree will always produce good fruit. And a bad tree will always produce bad fruit. What I want to really lay out for you throughout this series is the fact that as children of God, we should be producing a different kind of fruit. Hello? The the things and the patterns that you see in the world should not be the things and the patterns that you see within the people of God. You know, we all have our moments. We all have bad hair days. We all have moments of frustration. I get that. That's a a part of life, and we all carry this vehicle of flesh, and until we see Jesus face-to-face, we're going to be imperfect people. But but overall, like, we should have peace. We, We really should have joy. Like, we should not be at conflict with one another. Did you know I'm not your enemy? Did you know that you're not my enemy? Did you know that the enemy is not sitting next to you in this room? So, like, like we should be a people of unity and, and understanding. And even if somebody does me wrong, like, give them the benefit of the doubt of thinking, like, maybe they didn't mean it. Like, maybe they accidentally gave me that look and they weren't even intentionally meaning to give me that look. Maybe they weren't even aware of the fact that they gave me that look. Or maybe there was some kind of trauma in their life that made them be the way they are and respond the way they respond. And so because of that, I'm going to love them through that. You know, I think as, as children of God, we should be what I would call like a gold digger. <laughs> you heard me, right? I ain't ashamed. I'm a gold digger. You ever been to Dahlonega digging for gold? They sell you like this bag of dirt. But you take this bag of dirt, and you go down to the water, and you get the pan, and you sift this dirt around in hopes of finding some gold somewhere in the pan. The thing is, we all have some dirt in our life. We all have some junk in our life. 
But as a Christian, I don't want to look at you for the junk. And too many times we do that. We want to find the fault in a person. And then once we find that fault, we want everyone else to know about that fault. I guess it makes us feel better about ourselves. But really, as a Christian, instead of focusing on the dirt, I've got to know that there is some gold inside of you. If you are a child of God, there is a purpose inside of you. And I want to partner with you to help you find and discover your potential and your calling and your purpose and your destiny. I want you to find out that you actually have worth and value. See, it looks completely different. Because the world is always going to point you towards the dirt. We call it CNN. We call it Fox News. We call it whatever kind of social media outlet that you like to follow. They're always going to find the dirt because dirt sells, right? And there's just something about our human nature that prefers to hear the dirt. You know, like there's something about us like we would prefer to hear about, you know, the breakup or the divorce or the scandal over the you know, this person has loved their wife for 65 years. But, but I, I, I want us to be different. I mean, we, we don't have any control of anyone else outside of this building, but we do have control over ourselves. And I, I think it would be wonderful if at least Activation Church and the people that call Activation Church their home looked a little bit different. Understanding we're not perfect. You get that? Like, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. I may upset you. You may upset me. But what we do with that really does matter. How we handle that really does matter. Like, there is a godly way to deal with things. There's godly confrontation where, like, Richard, if, if I feel like you did something wrong, I can come and talk to you and say, look, Richard, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't your intention. Maybe you weren't even aware but this is how you made me feel. And then Richard has an opportunity to respond and be like, oh, Pastor Arm, you misunderstood my heart behind it, and I didn't mean to make you feel that way, but I am sorry that you do. And instead of having a conflict that drives us apart, we have something that brings us together. And if we can make it through those moments of tension, our relationship will be stronger. Did you know that? If we can make it through those moments of tension with one another, our relationship will come out Stronger. And so there is a difference. Turn to the person next to you and say, there is a difference. And really, the difference should be very noticeable. So today in this series of Commonly Uncommon, what I want to talk to you about is uncommon greatness. Turn to the person next to you and say, uncommon greatness. The thought behind this sermon comes from a time where the disciples of Jesus were arguing with one another about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And if you read through the story, it's really funny because not only are they fighting about who's going to be great, but they have James and John, they have their mommy go talk to Jesus on their behalf. And so their mom comes and makes a special request from Jesus for a certain position in his kingdom. And this makes all of the disciples angry with one another. They're fighting, they're arguing. But what is so interesting to me about the story is the fact that Jesus does not reprimand them for wanting to be great. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's no problem with desiring greatness. Jesus does not reprimand them for wanting to be great. Instead, he shifts their focus to what true greatness looks like. See, to them, 
they were looking at greatness through the perspective of the world. It's all about position. It's about power. It's about how many people do I have following me? How many likes am I getting on social media? What kind of influence do I carry? What kind of achievements have I accomplished? That's what they're thinking, and Jesus is saying, you're missing it. Nothing wrong with having goals. Nothing wrong with achieving things. But if you want to be great, learn to serve. It's not about elevating yourself. It's about bringing yourself down. It is about humility because humility is actually what brings you into greatness. Did you hear what I just said? Humility is what brings you into greatness. It's this idea of understanding that life is not about me. What I get is not just for me, myself, and I. I exist to be a blessing to others and to glorify God. That is the only reason you were created. You were created for the sole purpose of being a blessing to others and glorifying God. You want to know what your purpose in life is? Blessing others and glorifying God. People seeing something in you that turns their attention and their focus and their heart and their worship to God. You investing into others instead of always being a take, 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 grab, 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 grab. Not as a child of God. It's not about what I can get from something. It's about what can I invest into it. This, this will completely change your life. It'll change the way you actually do church. Because many times when we are shopping for a church, we are thinking, what can I get from it? And let me say this, like, absolutely, you should be in a church where you are, you know, receiving, where the Spirit of God is moving. I'm all for that. But I also need to be thinking, what can I do to invest into the church? How can I be a blessing to the place that is blessing me so that more people can get blessed. See, at some point in time, I've got to switch my mind from being a consumer to an investor. Okay, the church has a children's department. My children have been blessed by it. I've had an hour uh, of free time without screaming kids. How can I invest back into that so that someone else can receive the reward that I've received? I came into a place that was very welcoming, People were friendly. How can I invest back into that? Maybe I can join the host team. Maybe I can just determine within myself. I, I'm not necessarily going to be a part of a team, but I'm going to make sure that I go around and just say hello to people. How can I invest? Because that's kingdom mindset. Kingdom mindset is investment and increase. What can I do to be a benefit or a blessing to others and to glorify God? If you have your Bible, go to Philippians, the second chapter. I'm going to start in verse 3. The Apostle Paul says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's a mouthful right there. I mean, that one verse right there is something that you could take and think about, meditate on, pray about. You know, God, I, I understand that at this point in time, like, I am a very me-centered person. Because that's, you know, that's, that's the environment we're raised in. The world is a me-centered environment. But God, I see that your desire is for me 
to think about others. Your, your desire for me is humility. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come alongside me, partner with me, so that you can start pulling that fruit from me. So, so that's, that's important. Do nothing from selfish ambition. See, your motive matters. Turn to the person next to you and say, your motive matters. I'll touch on that a little bit later, but like when you achieve or accomplish something, really what matters most is your motive behind it. Why did you do what you did? Did you do it for your glory, for your honor, for your recognition, for your fame, for, for your pocketbook? Or did you have a pure heart in saying, I want this in my life to bless others and to glorify God. And as a result, because I am blessing others and glorifying God, then the things that I need are coming into my life because I'm seeking his way of doing things. And then Jesus says, everything that you need will come into your life. Please hear this teaching this morning. This kind of stuff that we're talking about will change everything in your life. It'll change your marriage, it'll change your business, it'll change every single aspect of your life if you'll take hold of it. The problem is many times we come to church, we let the word go in one ear, out the other. We remember very little. We don't go back and use the resource of YouTube or the podcast. Those are all important things because we need to feed ourselves on these things. We need to meditate on these things so that we can be transformed by them. Amen? So do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests. See, it's, it's okay to look out for you. It's okay to look out for you. It's okay to look out for your family, but don't make it just about you and your family. Don't just look out for your own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Paul succinct. Let that sink in for a second. Have this mind among yourselves, which belongs to you, is what Paul's saying. That this way of thinking now belongs to you because of Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ is now my mind. The way he thinks is the way I need to begin to think. The way he sees is the way I need to begin to see. The way he operates and moves needs to become the way I operate and I move. And this is not because I'm adding effort. It's because I'm having a relationship with him and I'm allowing his spirit to lead my life. Have this mind among you, verse 5 says, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God. Jesus is God. I want you to understand that. Jesus is God. He has always been God. Jesus was not a created being that became something. He always was, and then he became human. God became flesh, God with us. In the beginning, the Bible says, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. You keep on reading, the Word, what happens, becomes flesh. So Jesus is God, but what it's trying to get to us here is although he was God, although he was in the form of God, although he was the express image and likeness of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. 
because of his ability and his desire and his willingness to humble himself, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's powerful. That when you catch that, that's powerful. Jesus came to reveal God to the world. But he did not come as a dictator. He came as a servant. Jesus never forced anyone to do anything. He simply lived a life worth following. He, he mo modeled for us a different way of thinking. He modeled for us a different way of living. He loved people who did not love him. He received people who would ultimately reject him. He served people that would turn their back on him. And he's showing us this is the pattern. This is the way the kingdom operates. This is what greatness looks like. Greatness comes from your ability to step down and serve. Not just those you can get something from. See, we have very little problem serving someone I can get something from. That's called a job. But when you serve simply because you love. You love God, you love others. God is in me, I am in him. His nature has become my nature. And now I wear my flesh out to the point to where it's not gonna rule me, but the kingdom of God inside of me is gonna rule me. And I just said something very powerful that may have gone over your head. The kingdom of God is within you. It is not a destination we are trying to get to. The kingdom of God is already here in you waiting to be revealed through you. I don't have time to really take and teach that right now. But it's important to understand that the kingdom of God, once you receive Jesus Christ into your life and his authority comes into your life, the kingdom of God, he says, now resides inside of you. And the kingdom of God wants to get out. The Holy Spirit's like a freight train in your life. He just wants to get out and touch people and, and love people and help people and serve people. And the only thing that, that restrains him from doing so is when we pay more attention to this beautiful olive stuff instead of the spirit inside of us that drives us. So Jesus shows us the pattern. Hear what I'm saying? Greatness is not just about what you achieve in life. Great, greatness is more about who you are becoming. Greatness is not an achievement. There's a lot of people that have achieved a lot of things that we would say is great, but it does not make them great. Greatness is a lifestyle, a lifestyle of living in the image and likeness of the God who created you. If you're taking notes, write this down. Greatness does not seek self. Greatness does not seek self. Have you ever wondered, like, what you would do with unlimited power? 
Like, I mean, like, you could say anything at any moment, and it's going to happen just the way you want it to happen. I think people would start disappearing. I know for me, like, some things would begin to change. Jesus had that power. He is the God who spoke the world into existence. Think about this. He, he could do anything he wanted, yet instead of using his power to serve himself, he used his power to serve others, to help others, to love others, to bring healing and restoration to others. That, that is what greatness is all about. It is about channeling the ability and your power that is inside of you to something greater than just you by yourself. I was thinking about the, the power of Jesus. I mean, we talk about him being hung on the cross, and we talk about the nails that were driven through his hands and the nails that were driven through his feet, but you do understand that the nails did not hold him to the cross. His power and greatness held him to that cross. His power to look beyond his momentary affliction to see the joy that was set before him, which is you and I, and to channel his power into serving us, that reveals his greatness. Serving reveals greatness. It's not about seeking self. I was thinking about King Solomon. When he took over the kingdom of Israel from his father David, God meets with him. And God says, Solomon... I'm a, this is going to be the arm Meshagan version. Solomon, what do you want? Whatever you ask, I'm going to give you. Imagine God presenting you with that question. Imagine it. Ferrari. Beach house. Unlimited food supply. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Solomon could have asked God for anything at this moment. But do you know what he does? He says, God, you've called me to be the king of Israel. These are your people. I'm a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. So here's my request. I'm going to ask that you give me wisdom to lead your people. Not wisdom to invest not wisdom to create wealth, not wisdom to start a new business, none of that. He says, I want wisdom to be able to serve your people as king. And that gets God's attention. God says, wow. Think about that. You could have asked anything. But instead of asking for wealth and kingdoms and victories, all the stuff you could have asked for, you said, give me wisdom to lead my people. And so because of that, because of your heart, Solomon, not only am I going to grant your request and give you wisdom, I'm going to make you the wisest man to walk the earth. Not only am I going to make you the wisest man to walk the earth, but I'm going to give you wealth. I'm going to give you everything that you could even desire. Why? Because I can trust you with it. I've seen where your motive lies. You're not wanting power to lord over people. You're wanting power to serve people. You're not wanting wealth to accumulate it just for yourself. You're wanting wealth to invest back into the people. Because of that, I will bless you. Because you are willing to humble yourself, now I can exalt you. Are you seeing how this works? 
See, pride will always bring you down. Conceit will always bring you down. Making life all about you will always bring you down. But when you make it about serving others, blessing others, and glorifying God, he says, now I can place some things into your hand. I can trust you with it. Have you ever thought about it that way? Have you ever thought about the motive and the intention of your heart? Why are you doing what you're doing? You have to understand greatness does not seek for power. Greatness seeks for someone to empower. I want to say that again. Greatness does not seek power. Greatness is looking for someone to empower, someone to invest into. I uh, don't know if I should admit this, but this past week I was out of town with my family and I stumbled across a television show called Below Deck. Has anybody ever seen that? It's about these, these people that work on this super yacht. And I was captivated by the show. I sat there for hours. I didn't even walk down to the beach. I sat there all day watching Below Deck. And what was so intriguing to me about this show, it was all about the systems and structure behind running this super yacht. You have these different groups and teams. You have the deck crew, and then you have the interior crew, and, and, all the, and they all have captains. And what I loved watching was how the captain related to their people. Not, the, not just the captain of the ship, but the team captain. How did they relate with the people? Because there were some who got the title of, like, chief deck you know, person, and once they got that title, they used it to bark orders at the people who were working under them. And what happened was their power ended up frustrating the people working for them, and they didn't get the best quality work out of them. And ultimately, the blame didn't fall on their crew. The blame fell on them because of the way they led. They were, all a, they were a me-centered leader, and they produced a certain kind of result. But then I saw other team leaders who, instead of barking orders, they got down and started working with the crew, showing them how they would like things done. They didn't just expect them to do it. They showed them, this is, this is how we're going to do it. And they would work with them until they got their system in place. And it was like a, a fine-oiled machine. And not only did the crew succeed and love their captain, but the captain of the ship celebrated the leader. You know why? Because the, instead of looking for power, they were looking for someone to empower. How can I take what I have and invest into someone else? How can I recreate myself in someone else? That's called discipleship. Jesus says, go into the world and make disciples. He's not saying, go out and try to find a title, Bob. Don't go out and try to find a position. Just go out and take what I've done for you, take the wisdom I've given you, take the resources I've placed in your hands, and invest it into someone else so that the kingdom can multiply, can grow, and can expand. The problem is many of us want a title, or we want a position. We don't want to invest. We want power, but we're not willing to empower. One of the most impressive things of, about my father is the fact that instead of trying to build a church just for himself, he empowered other leaders to go out and start churches. And now we have churches all throughout Georgia 
because he empowered other leaders. Our church is here today because he empowered me to go start a church. He could have kept all of the resources there and tried to build, you know, just something massive there. But instead of doing that, he invested into those who are around him. That is, that is the sign of greatness. That is the sign of true power and authority, knowing how to direct it in a way that is more beneficial to others and the kingdom than just your personal gain. But here's, hear what I'm saying. When you live that way, God says, I will bless you. I will take care of you because you have placed my kingdom first. Somebody say kingdom, thinking, uncommon greatness doesn't seek self. See, the world does. Greatness lets the gift speak for itself. I don't have to spend a lot of time there, but what, what I mean by that is if you've got a gift, you don't have to tell people about that gift. Let the gift speak for itself and let the gift make room for you where God wants to take you. Some, so many times we self-promote and we self-push instead of just allowing God to work in us and allow the gift to get us where we need to be. The gift is not conceited, in other words. Let the gift speak for itself. I like this one. Greatness does not seek recognition. Now, I want to pause and say this. Greatness deserves recognition, but greatness does not seek recognition. What I mean by that is when someone does something honorable, you should honor them for that. You should celebrate them for that. You should honor people who are in positions of authority. You should honor people who work around you. Honor is important. You should recognize the gift. You should recognize the greatness, okay? But greatness does not seek the recognition. What I mean by that is I don't do what I do for a pat on the back. Here's why that's really important. If everything I do is driven by the pat on the back that I get, what happens when I'm no longer getting patted on the back? If I live by the applause of man, then I'm eventually going to die from the lack of applause. So I cannot seek recognition. I've got to do what I do because of love. Are you following that? Not because of what I can get. Too many times we don't want to do anything unless we're going to be recognized for it. I don't want to do anything unless I'm going to get the title for it. But greatness does not, does not seek out recognition. But I promise you this, if you are great long enough, somebody is going to recognize you. If you outwork everybody else, somebody's going to take notice of that. If you are always constantly more driven, more positive, more amped up, more excited, people are going to take notice of that. The greatness does not seek recognition. It deserves recognition. And at some point in time, it will draw recognition. But you cannot live off of that recognition. Greatness is not where you sit at the table. Greatness is how you treat the people who are sitting at the table with you. Think about that. It's not about trying to get the position. 
It's not trying to be at the head of the table. It's how you treat the people who are around the table with you. Jesus was the greatest leader to ever walk the earth. No one deserved more glory and honor than Jesus Christ. And one night he walks into a room to eat dinner with his disciples. And it was their custom to wash their feet before they ate. And all of the disciples come in and they find their place at the table waiting for the servant to come in and wash their feet. Nobody shows up. Yet they just continue sitting there waiting on somebody to come wash their feet. When Jesus enters the room, without hesitation, he drops his outer garments and he picks up the towel of a servant. Get this. This is the person who created everything you see. And he picks up the towel of the servant. And he gets down on his knees. And he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. The only person in the room that truly deserved to have his feet washed determined within himself, I'm going to wash someone else's feet. Why? Because I'm modeling for them what greatness looks like. Greatness is a king who would leave his throne, leave the comforts of heaven where he had no problem. You do get that, right? Jesus had no problems. Like we think that the devil was a problem for Jesus. The devil is not a problem for Jesus. The devil was a problem for us. And so Jesus decided to come and take up our problem for us and serve us and die on behalf of us. He left. That's greatness. Leaving the comfort of the throne to come to the earth. And he's trying to show his disciples. This is moments before he's arrested. He's trying to show his disciples, when I'm gone, this is the pattern you need to follow. Always be willing to serve. Find the need and fill it. Find the hurt and heal it. Don't go about life with the consumer mentality of trying to figure out what you can get and who can benefit you and how you can use this person. Go through life looking for someone that you can help. Go through life looking for someone that you can invest into. Who is it that you can make a difference for? What can I do within the church that God has placed me in to be a benefit to instead of drawing from? I want to benefit the kingdom because that's my nature. And when that becomes my nature, when the nature of a servant is taken on, that's when I step into greatness. And that's when the hand of God begins to settle in my life and he ushers me into favor. He causes me to prosper in everything that I do. Everything that my hand touches, I will prosper in. Why? Because I know that God is working on my behalf because I have taken on his nature. I have chosen to lay down my life, my flesh to serve him. There is so much to that passage where Paul says, lay down your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What does that mean? You lay your life down on the altar and you're saying, God, whatever it is that you desire from me, use me. 
Use me. And I promise you, when you live that way, that's when God says, I am going to bless them. Because I know whatever I bring to them, I can release through them. They are blessed so that they can be a blessing. They have released the seed, the seed of kindness, the seed of love. The, whatever the seed is, they have released the seed, and now I'm going to release a harvest into their life. And the more seed you release, the more harvest comes back to you. And it can become a perpetual harvest because every day I'm sowing. Every day I sow, every day I sow, and then I get to the place where I'm gathering, I gather, I continue to sow, and it's never ending because as long as you sow, you will always reap. Would you stand with me? Uncommon greatness. It looks different than the standard of the world. But really, that, that is my desire for us as a church. Bob, I want us to look different than the world. And there's a process to that. I get that. Like I said, we're all human beings. We all, we all have faults. We all, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, not everybody wakes up every morning as Aram Meshagin. You've got stuff to deal with. Some of you are, But at some point in time, we have to yield to the process of saying, God, not my will, but your will be done for me. Like, what is it, what is it that you desire? Consulting with God, we should consult with God. We make major decisions in life and never consult God about it. And then when we end up in a bind, we want, that's when we want to pray. How about praying before you get there? God, is this a relationship I should enter into? Is this a friendship I should connect myself to? Is this the place that you would have me to work? Not based upon the numbers. See, sometimes we, we're driven by the numbers. Well, the pay is better here than here. And we'll follow the money and we'll miss the will of God for our life. And at the same time, I've seen people walk away from the numbers to follow the will of God for their life. And because of that, he blesses them and takes them to a level that was higher than where they would have been here. Because they were obedient. Because they were willing to allow the Spirit of God to lead their life and not their flesh desires. Father, I pray over every person in this room. And God, I include myself in this prayer when I say, help us to yield ourselves to your Spirit, to become a living sacrifice which is holy and acceptable to you. Father, help us to go beyond our weak flesh. And help us to be walking by the power of your Spirit. Oh, God, produce inside of us your fruit. Produce your peace and your love and your joy and your patience and your self-control. Produce those things inside of us so that we can carry out your will. Lord, we are your hands. We are your feet here on this earth. Change the way we think, God. Change our mentality. Change the way we see. Lord, help us to be more about you and others than we are just about ourselves. If there's something on your heart this morning that you want prayer for specifically, or maybe you're watching online and there's something you want prayer for, I want to come into agreement with you and believe that God will meet you right there at the point of your need.
I believe that we serve a God that when we call, he answers. And so if you want prayer this morning, just lay your hand over your heart as a sign of agreement. And let's pray together. Father, you know the needs and the desires of your people. Lord, you know the seasons that they're currently walking through. You know their frustrations. You know their failures. And God, I'm asking that right now you would meet them in that place. God, that you, I'm asking that you would begin to lead them in the way that you would have them to go. God, give them wisdom to take them from this season into the next. Father, for those that need peace in their life, I'm asking that you would release your peace. For those that need joy, God, release your joy. Maybe right now you're kind of at a crossroads and you don't know which way to go. You don't know which direction to take. I'm praying and asking that God would order your steps. I'm asking God to open doors that need to be open. And we allow you, God, to close the doors that need to be closed in our life. I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every single person in this room and every person that may be watching online that is sick or suffering in their body. Lord, we ask in this moment that you would release healing to them. God, we ask that you would do what doctors cannot do. We ask that you would do what medicine cannot do. Father, for those that have heard from the doctor, this is impossible. It can never be corrected. God, we're asking that you would show them to be wrong. In Jesus' name, God, let it be done. Let it be done to your glory and to your honor and to your praise. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. If you've been having an issue in your right leg right now, I speak healing over your body. I speak strength into your leg right now in Jesus' name. For those who have had an issue with their blood pressure where it's out of balance, out of whack, Father, we ask that you would bring it into perfect balance right now in Jesus' name. Lord, for every chemical disorder that may be in our bodies, Lord, we ask that you would bring it into proper alignment. Cause our bodies, Lord, to function the way that you created them and designed them to function. Lord, let us be a people with a clear mind. Lord, not for our own benefit, but Lord, so that we can use every facet of our life to serve you, to worship you, and to honor you. I thank you, God, for touching us right now. In Jesus' mighty name.